0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into my top 10 new October movies in today's episode. What's this? What's this? It's super califragilistic, want What is this? You be. What is this? We are getting closer and closer to the end of the year. And as such, um, the top 10 movies list is co- becoming more and more packed with movies released in 2018. As it turns out, uh, this <laughs> this episode's top 10, 9 of the 10 movies uh, were released in 2018. That is, I, I don't know. I don't know if November is going to be that uh, loaded with 2018 movies, uh, we'll see, but man, uh, it's it's pretty heavy. Um, some of them I have already talked about, so uh, fortunately, as I am recording this a little late, uh, very close to the release deadline, uh, that will allow me to move quickly through them in a couple of instances, as they have their own review episodes already. But... Um, yeah, it's it's pretty I didn't realize it until I just pulled up all the tabs uh, to, for each movie and except for one they are all from 19 or er, from 2018. So let's let's just uh, move right into this, shall we, and uh, get into October's top 10 best new movies. Countdown count, 9 8 7 6 5 4 Number 10 is a movie that I saw twice, actually, within the span of this month. Uh, The second time was October 16th, and the first time was October 4th, 2018. Uh, It's about 131 minutes long, a little over two hours. It is a 2018 movie. My summary, a musician helps a young singer find fame. I gave this movie seventy five. It has a ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, last I checked, and that is a Star is Born. I've done uh, not only a review episode, but a statistic, half a statistics episode on a Star is Born already. And just to kind of reiterate that, you know, I'm still listening to the music from this song from this movie. I think it's incredibly addictive, incredibly catchy, and not in a you know. Um, Generic pop song sort of way. It's it's moving. It's genuinely moving Uh, the film still has uh, a handful of nominations across uh, The Circle of Film Awards uh, five still uh, including Sam Elliott and supporting three songs and tactile effects it is a very good movie it's gonna stick around for a while it's you know it's a huge awards player this year uh, and I think it's very good 75 is a very very good score and you know I, I enjoyed it quite a bit I love Bradley Cooper I love Lady Gaga on this movie and yeah I guess you can just listen to my <laughs> review episode I, I, I don't think my opinions really changed that much uh, even through the second viewing so number 10 A Star is Born. Number nine, the only movie that wasn't released in 2018. I saw this October 15th. Uh, It's 104 minutes long. It's from 1990. Uh, My brief summary, two lost souls meet each other and their paths intertwine. I gave it a 76. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 83%. It is Directed by Hal Hartley. It stars Adrian Shelley and Martin Donovan, among others. Uh, and that is Trust. The movie Trust. Hal Hartley, this is the only film of his I've seen. Uh, he has a couple of other movies that I recognize, but none that are that seem to be very popular, at least in the public con- consciousness. Uh, so Trust is... Martin Donovan and Adrian Shelley, Uh, Adrian Shelley plays Maria, who is a high school dropout, she is uh, pregnant, Martin Donovan is this very, very smart, but very, very um, short-fused, moody, kind of um, electronics repairman guy, and... The movie, they they both have their own issues, they both are dealing with their own problems, and they come together. They meet up and, and find each other and kind of sparks this weird, uh, tough to, to describe romance between the two of them. And it's built on, as the title implies, trust. And the movie explores that in a very fascinating way. Uh, you know, it's a movie that I don't—I I didn't find to be very logical and, and feel very real for a lot in a lot of senses. But despite that, it's a very captivating movie. It, it really pulls you in. It—it's hard to look away because these two characters played brilliantly, brilliantly by Shelley and Donovan are so unorthodox that they feel perfect for each other in a lot of different ways, uh, and I think that that's incredibly, I don't know, I, I find that fascinating, I just find it fascinating. Um, I, I, I'm i a fan, I, I like Martin Donovan, I think the older he got, uh, the less I enjoyed him, I thought he was fine in Weeds, for example, uh, but eh. Uh, you know, I, he was in Ant Man. He's he was in this the the Michael B. Jordan Fahrenheit 451 movie. Um, uh, you know, he he's had smaller roles lately, but I, I don't think much of it. This uh, Trust I really really probably my favorite work of his. I you know, despite the unorthodox aspect, you know he him playing this this electronics repairman. Is just so fun it's so fun you know he's got a drawl attitude pretty much always and this movie really gives him a chance to be so deadpan so blank stare hilarious and it's perfect it's just it's perfect it's perfect Uh, Adrienne Shelley who's not a name I was familiar with this is only the second movie I've seen that she's in and I don't think she has a big role in Factotum. Um, not really. Uh, but I really liked her. I liked her quite a bit, and I'm excited to see other movies that she's in. She's been in a couple of movies from Hal Hartley. Uh, her most popular movie on Letterboxd is Waitress with Kerry Russell that she also directed. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that and see what that is like. Uh, she, unfortunately, uh, is has passed away Uh in 2006 at the age of just about 40 which is sad um, but yeah I don't know I-, I think this movie is very interesting very fun very um, original especially in its characters and I think that in and of itself makes it worth checking out so uh, yeah number nine from October is Trust. Directed by Hal Hartley, starring Adrian Shelley and Martin Donovan. Moving on to number eight. I saw this October 17th. Uh, it's about 89 minutes, an hour and a half long. My brief summary on probation, a man reevaluates his best friendship. I gave this a 76. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 93%. It is directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. It stars David Diggs, Raphael Castle, Janina Gavankar, among others, and that is Blind Spotting. Yes, I've already talked about Blind Spotting. Half of a review episode was devoted to it, and uh, that's about it. You know, I, I, you can go listen to that. I really like Blind Spotting. Uh, I think in the the time since past, you know, I continuously think about that final sequence uh, with David Diggs rapping. Um, I, I love it. I think it's it's incredibly powerful. Still, one of my favorite scenes of the year. Um, and uh, David Diggs, I think is you know he's still on my list of lead actors right now, and I, I thought he was fantastic. You know from Hamilton fame, uh, you know I, I very impressed. I think he has. I'm excited to see where he goes from this. I, I really appreciated and, and uh, liked him. Raphael Castle. Also very good, Uh, you know, he has not really done much acting So I'm curious to see if he continues that, what he, you know, he and Divi Diggs wrote the movie So it'll be interesting, I I like him as an actor uh, But it'll be curious to see if he has the range to pull off different characters and and go further Because I kind of get the impression that he's very different from the character he played in real life And, or, yeah, I said that right and I'd be interested to see other characters from from Castle. So, number eight is Blind Spotting. I really like it. Still, still one of my favorites of the year. And uh, if you have the opportunity, check it out. It, it's really good. It's a really strong movie. Number seven. Uh, I saw this October twenty eighth. Uh, this is this movie clocks in at seven minutes just seven minutes uh, my summary a young girl dreams of being an astronaut I Gave this movie a 77 it does not have a Rotten Tomatoes score it is directed by Andrew Chesworth and Bobby Pontilus Um and it is an animated movie there are no voices it is all silent and it is called one small step I believe you can find it on like um, Vimeo or YouTube or something. It's it's online. It's free. And uh, so it's about Luna, a young Chinese-American girl. She wants to be an astronaut, and it, it just kind of chronicles her growing up and following this dream. You know, she has the support of her father who is a, a shoe repairman, and you know, we get all the way to uh, the end of the, you know, this is only seven minutes, but it, it covers a wide swath of of time. As she, you know, is a kid, she's, you know, fantasizing about doing this. She goes to school, she goes to college, she continues to face problems and hurdles and, and uh, challenges uh, along the way. Uh, she deals with... Um, Big difficulties uh, throughout throughout the film, and ultimately, you know, is applying to get into the space program, and it's it's a strong movie. It's a powerful movie. It's beautifully done. It's very tightly um, compacted, and you know, there's no no unnecessary frames, and it tells you just the perfect amount of the story that you need to. Uh, become invested in Luna and you know be you know be lifted up when she is lifted up and be pushed down when she is pushed down and i I think it's it's a fantastic fantastic kind of uh coming of age movie in in and of itself as I said, it's very short, so it's not gonna. It's something you can watch very quickly, seven minutes long, and I—I I don't know. I, I hope it gets. I don't know if it'll make the the best animated short film list for for the Oscars. Uh, I, I don't know what exactly how their standards work there, and and even if it does, it probably doesn't beat Bow. So maybe the point is moot. But I think it's better than Bow, personally. I do. So, one small step. Uh, That's number seven. Number six is a documentary. I saw this October 22nd, 2018. It is about 94 minutes, a little over an hour and a half. My summary A Man Attempts to Free Climb a 3,000-foot wall of Yosemite. I gave this movie a 79. It has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And that is Free Solo. Directed by Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Chai Uh and it's about uh, a free climber, uh, Alex Honnold. Uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, he is uh, one of the most recognizable, I guess you could say, famous um, climbers, mountain climbers, al- uh, in a lot in the world alive, uh, because he does it. Uh, as they what they as they call it free solo, uh, which is he doesn't have anything attached to him. He climbs up thousand feet tall cliff faces without any safety gear. And that in and of itself is insane. In insane. Uh and uh, this movie follows him as he plans to do that with Uh, Yosemite's El Capitan wall. It's 3,000 feet high and it has never been climbed uh, without safety gear and we get to go through his process. You know he scopes out the wall, he looks, you know, he's following a path uh, that he sets strikes out himself. He climbs it with the gear, with the safety gear, uh, you know, many many times over beforehand. uh, He's dealing with personal life, professional life that's kind of all of this stuff is kind of getting jumbled together you know he has a girlfriend he's dealing you know he's on talk shows he has climbing friends that are with him helping him kind of suss out this wall and figure out how to do it he has to be make sure the time is right uh, as far as weather and conditions are concerned and what what i love like this movie gets it's very vulnerable from from alex's point of view you know he is as you know you, you consider someone who is able to to put themselves in such a dangerous, dangerous situation uh, where one mistake is generally going to kill you. and I, I would I went into this thinking, okay, this guy has to be you know just the most fearless, courageous, you know, no no concern for their safety person and that's not true. That is absolutely not true. Uh, he is very, very much um, concerned for his safety. And except for a couple of moments, which I, and I love those moments where he kind of breaks free of this. Uh, you know, you, you see him in a, a few times throughout the movie where he's just the biggest smile on his face as... You know, he is scaling the side of a wall with, you know, not even half an inch of of ledge where he's perched on with one foot, uh, you know, a thousand feet in the air. And, and he's got like the biggest smile on his face. And I think that that's amazing. I think that's so incredible. But throughout most of this movie, you know, he is very concerned for... His ability to pull this this feat off He is very, you know, there's montages throughout the film That show other free solo climbers who have died Within the last, you know, 10, 15 years And, you know, they're all like in their 20s, 30s, 40s And that is a very, very terrifying thing the movie has incredible, incredible camera work. Uh, we have some amazing shots of him climbing, of just sweeping views from from you know above him, below him, beside him, the whole way up the mountain. Uh, not just El Capitan, but other walls that he climbs as well. Which in and of itself is its own issue. You know, he, he is... He, I think he says, you know, a couple of points, like, there's part of him that wanted to just kind of climb the whole thing without any of the cameras there. You know, wake up earlier before anyone was aware, and just start doing it by himself. And I get that, you know? The, the idea of filming this guy doing something so perilous, when there's a decent likelihood that you end up filming his death, or... Because you're filming him, you end up leading to his death. Like that's a lot of pressure on the camera guy too, and he talks about it. Like the director Jimmy Chin like goes into that. He, like, I love that sort of self-aware meta approach that they have as well. And it's it's there's a lot a lot more to this than just climbing a cliff face. And I I have the greatest. Greatest respect for Alex because he he is a champion. He just it, it's, I don't know what else how else to say it. He is just a champion. Uh, so free solo documentary from 2018, hour and a half long, directed by Jimmy Chin, Elizabeth Chai versus Harley Vassar Halhi uh, uh, featuring Alex Honnold. It's great. It's just great. I love it. It's really good, it's really good. Alright, that puts us at number five. Thunder Road. This was a short film uh, back in 2016 that I loved. It premiered at Sundance. I got to see it in theaters. I watched it actually recently uh, back at home a second time. It's online, it's free. And I love it, I, I love this short film, it's it's incredible. And this is the feature length version of that. So I saw this October 21st, uh, it's 90 minutes long, hour and a half. My summary, divorce and the death of his mother cause a meltdown for a father. I gave this movie an 80, it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is directed by Jim Cummings, starring Jim Cummings, written by Jim Cummings. Uh, he did all the work for the short film as well, I believe, and it is, uh, it is a, str- uh, it's a powerful movie. Uh, Jim Cummings plays a cop, and the very first scene is him giving a eulogy at his mother's funeral, which was the entirety of the short film, and then we progress from there as he struggles at his job, he struggles uh, with his daughter, with his ex-wife, and it's filled with monologues, and unbroken shots, and it features a fantastic performance from Jim Cummings. I am so excited to see more work from him in any sense, director, writer, actor, very excited. Uh, this is not voice actor Jim Cummings, this is a new, younger Jim Cummings 2.0 uh, kind of thing. Uh, that said, uh, this is Thunder Road, currently uh, Jim Cummings in my list for lead actors. I don't know that he's going to stay there. I, I really like him in this movie. I like him as a performer uh, and the performance he gives. But I do think uh, you can see uh, shades of just inexperience, and I think that will come. Obviously, you know, the longer he, he's in the business, I think he will just get better and better and better and he's starting out from a, on a great you know with a great foot forward. Uh the movie it, the 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 story is a little um I don't know it's I I wasn't always totally on board with the deterioration of his character in in the grand great ske, grander scheme of things but I think his performance and the way the movie is written the di- at least how the dialogue is written you, he sells it so well uh, even if in the back of your head you're thinking what he would he really be this this discombobulated this uh, this separated from from what's going on but I, I think so much of of the movie overcomes uh, that shortcoming that it, it really didn't end up mattering at all uh, for for the record I, I have the short film rated higher than this. Uh, you know, I have the, I have the feature length film of Thunder Road at an eighty. the uh, the short length The short film of Thunder Road at an eighty six. If you have seen uh, Bojack Horseman, the new season has an entire episode that is just Bojack giving a eulogy, which is exactly what the Thunder Road short film is. Uh, both uh, takes on this this device are are fantastic. Uh, both of them are very very good. So yeah, if, you know, it's it's, it's a tough movie, it's a sad movie, check out the short film uh, and then if you can, check out the movie. It's, if anything, it will introduce you to hopefully a new interesting and uh, potentially, you know, amazing voice in the industry. So, Thunder Road from Jim Cummings gave that an 80. Next up is another movie I've already talked about on a previous episode. And that, uh, I saw this October 10th, 2018. It is 130 minutes, a little over two hours long. My summary, though, or no, uh, 104 minutes, uh, a little under two hours long. My summary, a wife writes novels under her husband's name. I gave it an 82. It has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Directed by Wash Westmoreland, starring Kira Knightley, Dominic West, Fiona Shaw, among others, is Colette. Colette Wash Westmoreland, who also directed Still Alice and The Last of Robin Hood. I've talked about this already. I really like Colette. I think there's a lot of strong work and writing in this movie, I love Keira Knightley's performance, I love Dominic West's performance, I think he does a great job as this kind of, not always a dick husband, but he definitely has it in him, uh, and is that a lot of times, but you can feel like he's not just a two-dimensional character, like they give him his own uh, plot and story, and, and he has his own moments, and they're not as powerful. They're not as meaningful. They're not as important as Colette's own moments, but he gets them, and I love that the movie allows him that mo- those times. Uh, as far as as far as my awards, you know, I still have Kier Knightley in my list of lead performances. I still have the movie in for tactile effects, the costume work, the makeup, the hairstyling. It's all wonderful. Uh, this is a very liberating film, uh, as far as it's message, and as far as its um, themes, I think it says a lot, and the fact that it's presented in such a way, and takes place so many years ago, is further emphasis on this, uh, this idea that the movie can be, you know, you can have these movies that take place, you know, in different time periods and still emphasize and, and advocate for uh, issues that are being worked, talked about and, and considered and, and fought over today. I, I love that. I think that any time a movie does that, it goes, steps back and approaches a modern issue with, or a contemporary issue with uh, an older sense an older point of view, I, I I think that generally that's difficult and I think Colette does it very very well. Uh so Colette uh gave it an 82. It's my number three new movie. No, number four new movie this this month. And uh yeah, I liked it a lot. Colette. Number three Again, 2018. This one I saw October 21st. It was 130 minutes, a little over 2 hours. My summary, the witness of a police shooting suffers the pressures of her friends, family, and community. Gave it an 83. Rotten Tomatoes score of 96%. It is directed by George Tillman Jr. starring Amanda Stenberg, Lamar Johnson, Regina Hall, Russell Hornsby, and Anthony Mackey, among others. And that is The Hate You Give. I talked about this on the review episode with Blind Spotting. I'm still a big fan. I love Amanda Stenberg's performance. I love Russell Hornsby's performance. I thought he does a really great job in this. And uh, for that, you know, both both of them still on my list in performances in their respective categories. Also have it in screenplay right now uh, for uh, Audrey Wells and uh, Audrey Wells, Andrew Thomas. Um... Angie Thomas, I think. Audrey Wells was the writer of the story, not the screenplay. Not 100% sure about that. But, that said, uh, I think The Hate You Give is a powerful movie that deserves to be seen. And, you know, this is a huge, huge boost uh, for Amanda Semberg Because she's in the darkest minds, which is not good. She's not even good in it. And this is just such a stark contrast to that movie as far as like, I don't know, her, the writing the movie, her performance, everything. So much better. So much better. Very happy and pleased with that. And, yeah. um, Again, I've already talked about this, so I'm not going to get into it too much, but I really like The Hate You Give. And it's still in theaters, so if you want to check it out, you still have the chance. And I highly recommend it. So hate you give I gave that an 83 and it's my number three from 2018 or from October 2018 to be specific number two uh this is the one is uh, I saw it let's see October 31st last day of the month uh, it's 93 minutes a little over an hour and a half it is a documentary. My summary, teenagers that were making a film have it taken away from them by their director. It's got an 87, or I gave it an 87. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Sandy Tan, written by Sandy Tan, starring Sandy Tan, uh, among others. And it takes place, it's called Shirkers. It is on Netflix, you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, It takes place back, I mean now, kind of but it follows a story from 1992 where Sandy Tan and some of her friends shot Singapore's first indie road movie and they had this older American guy who was the director and helping them and working with them and through a series of very strange events We find out that this guy is very nefarious, and he is is I I don't know I don't know how to explain it without like giving away the 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 story too much, but as as I said in the summary he takes he basically takes the film away from them, in a sense, and we talk to the people involved today. And how they remember this experience, how it has affected them, what it means for them, uh, and and what happened in the subsequent years after making the film. Because a lot more happened, Uh, you know, this revelation that they have this film taken away from them, this is like 30-40 minutes into the movie. There's another hour left over of compounding upon this issue and compounding upon this uh, slight that was happened against them. I think, you know, the deeper and deeper this movie went, the more and more troubling it became. Uh, the, the more and more fascinated I was with this story. It reminded me a lot of The Imposter, a documentary um, from a few years back, uh, as, you know, it's just a story that each new piece of information is more and more bizarre and takes you down a deeper and deeper rabbit hole that feels so unreal and yet it's true you know like it happened and the what's you know it's it's mostly about these these women who made this movie and worked on this movie and and the one, the only thing I wanted more from this, this from Shirkers, the documentary, and then the movie that they made in back in nineteen ninety-two was also called Shirkers. But the only thing I really wanted out of it, more from this, that I, I wish I'd gotten a little bit more of, uh, was what the the film within this movie Shirkers meant, and I think they briefly touch on it a few times. And it's it's kind of held up with this great reverence, and that's great. I love that, but I don't, I don't understand why. And I, I wish I think the movie could have taken like five more minutes to go deeper into that. But other than that, I, I think that just following this story is uh, fascinating. It, it that's that's the the best word I can use to describe it. It's fascinating. So, I really, you know, one of my it's my favorite documentary of the year right now, and one of my favorite movies of the year. I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's on Netflix, easy to watch, easy to find. Uh, it is primarily in English. Uh, the vast majority of it is in English, if that was a concern. And, yeah, I gave it an 87. And it's my number two movie from October. So, uh you know, not not a huge space between most of these movies here uh, for October so far. You know, a couple, you know, incremental differences in points between each one. Uh, the separation between uh, three and two, which is uh, the Hate You Give in Chirkers, was four points. That's the biggest gap we've had so far. Bigger gap coming up with my number one. My number one movie. This is, uh, a, I saw it October 28th, 2018. It's 145 minutes, so almost two and a half hours long. My summary, a young man meets a former classmate and agrees to watch her cat when she goes to Africa. I gave this movie in 96, it has 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a foreign language film, directed by Lee Chang-dong, starring Yoo Ah-in, Stephen Yan, Jun Jong seo and Kim Soo-kyung. It is a Korean film, and it is called Burning. Burning. If uh, Burning has gotten a lot of hype this year, it, you know, has played a lot of film festivals, it has received great acclaim at film festivals, it has a 4.0 average rating on Letterboxd. It is very well reviewed. It is one of the favorites to at least be nominated for best foreign language film this year at the Oscars. And I loved it. I absolutely absolutely loved it. It, uh, It's it's a tough film to talk about and describe because you know it's one you really need to sit with and think about and discuss and go over because it has a lot going on which feels very strange to say because it's a very slow movie it's very languishing in its shots. Uh, There are a lot of unbroken takes in the movie very long takes and there, pre, it's pretty much three characters. You know, you have Yoo who plays uh, Jung Soo, our main character. Uh, you have Jaime, uh, played by Jun Jung and you have Ben, play, played by Stephen Yen from The Walking Dead, and uh, he was in Oakja. And those are that's pretty much it. Those are pretty much the main three characters. Uh, Jung Soo. As I mentioned in the summary, he runs into Jaime. Uh, She was, you know, a former classmate of his. Uh, They kind of reunite and and talk a little bit. And then she asks him to uh, look after her cat when she goes to Africa. And shortly after that, she comes home and she brings Ben with her. And the three of them kind of become this group, this team of people who... You know they go out to eat together and they go to social engagements together. They smoke together. They hang out together, and it, it just it seems pretty idyllic from from at first. But you can kind of feel this tension between Ben and Jongsu because Ben is really into Jaime and he views, or from or Jongsu is really into Jaime and Ben and views Ben as this you know adversary. But things become so much more distressing as the movie progresses, and I don't want to say too much more than that. Uh, the atmosphere, the mood, slowly envelops you, and there's a moment, and I, how I, I remember how I described it as the movie presents you with a bunch of. Puzzle pieces early on in the film. And at first they don't feel like they go together. All these different scenes that don't feel like they fit. That don't feel like they even sometimes come from the same movie. And then about halfway through, things start to make sense. Pieces start to fall into place. You're starting to, to kind of assemble the puzzle and see the bigger picture. And then it keeps going. And suddenly all the puzzle pieces are they fit everywhere. You can rearrange the puzzle and and create any picture you want and it fits. And that is fascinating. I feel like I said that about all these movies. Um and it's 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 a very striking distinction between something like say Memento or something like say The Sixth Sense where you hit this reveal, you hit this click and everything before it falls into place if you weren't already on onto what the movie was doing whereas with burning there's a click and, click and another click and another click and another click and each one you're saying oh well actually it could all be like this and or 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 oh wait it can all be like this and all of these explanations make sense simultaneously it's it's you know open to interpretation and it makes you, it's a fantastic um, cerebral film. You know, it has a lot of commentary on class distinction uh, as well. And I, I just, I love it. Some of the shots in it are breathtaking and beautiful and one of my favorites. So, uh, nominated for me, currently, eight, eight categories. Picture, director, lead... Twice for supporting for both Stephen Yen and Jun Jung Soo. Uh, screenplay. Score. I love the score. I thought the score does a great job of, uh, you know, I mentioned the atmosphere. A lot of that has to do with the score. The score is a huge instrumental player in affecting the atmosphere. And finally scene. Uh, scene being, there's a sunset scene where one of the characters is dancing. And it's uh, it just, it's it's incredible it's just incredible. I is the only film I've seen from Lee Chang-dong. It is the sixth film that he has made uh, according to Letterboxd. I you know, I've talked about Korean films a lot. I'm a big fan of Korean films. Some of my favorite films are Korean films and Burning continues, you know. He it continues that tradition and, and that pattern. So if you have the opportunity to see Burning, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is not for everyone. I don't think it's going to be for everyone. Like I said, it is kind of a slow movie. Or, dare I say, a slow burn. And it, But I think from a technical level and from that point of view, I think it is worth seeking out one way or the other. Uh, if if you have any interest in that, so, Burning. Night. My number one movie from October is Burning. It's I I love it. It's so good. It's just so good. So, to reiterate, top ten in October twenty eighteen for the first time that I saw are A Star Is Born, Trust, Blind Spotting, One Small Step, Free Solo, Thunder Road, Colette, The Hate You Give, Shirkers. And burning. I apologize for what must feel like a very rapid moving through this episode. Again, uh, some of these, most of these movies, I've already talked about. I think about half of them I had already talked about in previous episodes. Uh, I am kind of pressed for time a little bit. If you can't hear it, uh, maybe you can or not. I'm a little uh, dealing with some some nose issues. Uh, I've had to pause this a few times to to avoid, you know. Snotting all over this episode And and maybe you could hear the I think there's like a click sound When I pause the recording So uh, apologies for that Uh, And uh, I will I don't know, 44-ish minutes 43 minutes Anyway, uh, thank you for listening To today's episode Uh, We'll see if, if November Is as heavy in the 2018 films as October was Thank you once more. And uh, now the outro, courtesy of Meg Berquist. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at circleoffilm or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening, and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades. Wait